Good afternoon and welcome to the Five Properties Midweek Show. Today you've got me as your host, I'm Andrea, I'm Jim Parker's the Director's PA and joining me we've got Perry McIntosh, one of our agents from our Cooper branch. Hi Perry, how are you today? Hi Andrea, I'm great, thank you. Um, although it's been a little bit chilly today, it's a bit hardy here in Cooper today. So oh, we've right. Our central heating, we're waiting on a contractor coming because the boiler stopped working this morning. So oh, we've got no. little fan heaters which are A, not economical and B, not getting us warm enough. So we're feeling a bit chilled today. But other than that, we're good and it's springtime. So we're happy. Okay, that's good. Looking nice and summery there with all the flowers behind you. Righty-ho. So today's show, we're going to be talking about terraced houses and their popularity. Um, here's a little video for you. So there we go, a little snippet about what we're about to talk about. So the terraced house is one of the most familiar styles of home in Fife and the UK as a whole. So in Fife at the moment, there are on average 38,674 terraced houses. So why are they so popular? So what is it about the humble terraced townhouse that us Brits love so much? Um, and how is it related to Fife? And what does the future hold for terraced houses? Um, so terraced house is a property built as part of a continuous row of three or more properties in a similar and uniform style. The reason the British called them terraced houses and not row houses came about because 18th century British architects borrowed phrase terrace from terraced gardens. Terrace gardens were known for their uniform nature in looks, style and height, so the architects decided to name them the same way as opposed to a row house. In fact, in most countries, they are called row houses. It's funny how Britain would choose to be different, what do you think, Perry? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I think you're right, though. I mean, in this, at this current time, 24% of five people live in a terrace house versus the UK average of 22.7. Um, we see that a lot in five, don't we? Especially when you go along the East Nook, there's lots of terrace properties when you go along the East Nook, whether they're townhouses, one level, two levels, there's obviously a variety of them. But it's quite a, a popular thing. And whilst we'll cover in the article, a lot of them do look quite similar and they are uniformed. I think as time has evolved, perhaps they were uniformed when they were first built, but as time has evolved, I think so has the terrace house, haven't they? So we now see such great colour, don't we? Um, you know, if we go along the East Nuke, you see pink ones, yellow ones, red ones, blue ones, they're all different colours and it makes them quite unique, although they are all quite similar. Um, and there's something quite attractive about that. There's something that I think, I don't know, us Fifers like to hold on to and it does look quite great, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's maybe one of the um, things of fishing villages because it's the same mm. over in the islands as well, especially Balamori must be uh, yeah. <laughs> one of the most famous fishing exactly. villages, although that's its, um, its TV name. But um, <coughs> yeah, no, the fishing industry, I think itself has given 
us the reason to have so many houses and terraced houses um, that came with mining industry. Mm -hmm. It came with weavers. Mm -hmm. The factory sites provided terraced houses for their workers. And also, as we said there, the fishing industry had mm -hmm. a lot of uh, terraced houses. So would you like to go on and tell us a little bit about the history of the terraced houses? Yeah, absolutely. So the terraced house originated in the Low Countries of Europe in the late 1500s. Um, terraced houses were built en masse in the UK um, after the Great Fire of 1666 with the rebuilding of London. So, you know, absolutely, you know, we talk about it in Fife, but you see there a lot, don't you, and beautiful. And also in Edinburgh here as well, we see it a lot. Mm. You've got that one particular street, which for life of me, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's the one that curves round almost in a circle, isn't it? And it's quite beautiful and they look very Victorian and beautiful and, and, and really quite different. But it became fashionable for, fashionable for the landed gentry in the main um, in the early Georgian era with chic and stylish terraces appealing to London, as we said. Um, Mayfair, Bath with its Queen Square, um, that's the forerunner of the famous Royal Crescent, <laughs> um, and we're sometimes built around a garden square, so again you see that quite a lot in Edinburgh, don't you? Um, and when I used to live in Aberdeen you see that quite a lot, you see them kind of built in the whole area, and then you've got the private gardens, um, mm -hmm. and you see that the, the gardens are assigned only to that terrace and they're locked up and nobody else can get in apart from the person with the special <laughs> key, so they, they do like to kind of keep things to themselves, don't they, but they are quite beautiful. Um, however, it wasn't until really the early 1800s that the terrace house turned out to be the solution to the increasing population of the towns, um, as more and more people were attracted to towns and cities for work. And you touched on that earlier, Andrea. Um, you see that if you go along to the Weems, etc., don't you? And those were all built. And actually, see, when I went, I mean, my husband was born in Buckhaven. He, he's known, you know, all his life. He's lived there. Well, not born there, sorry. He was born in Glasgow, but he's lived there since a child. Um, but known it inside out. And when we took on the rental up there, I hadn't really appreciated it. And I was walking the dog one time and outside the Wellesley Inn, there's actually a plaque um, and you see them dotted all, all along Buckhaven. And actually it was built initially, the town and the inns to, as you say, furnish the miners. Um, mm -hmm. And the inn was originally a welfare place just for miners. Um, and so you don't really appreciate the history of a place and how it became about. And, and it's quite intriguing when you start to see these things because you kind of almost take it for granted because you just drive that road all the time and you don't really interact with what's around you sometimes when you've got a busy life going on. But it does kind of back up what that's saying. Do you see that a lot where in the area that you live, Andrea? Well, I mean, I'm I'm from Perthshire, so there's, there wasn't so much industry as such in Perthshire, apart from um, the, the dye works, Poolers in mm -hmm. Perth was a huge employer and they had uh, different areas all either within Perth or just outside Perth, uh, where they had little rows of cottage and you mm -hmm. get them, you know, like Tarry Row and um, Weaver's Row, all those, you know, they're all linked to the industry of the area. Mm -hmm. So although it wasn't mining in the area that I live in, um, say the dye works were the big employer and they, mm -hmm. they provided um, for, their, for their workers. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, those cottages and things are so popular now because a lot of them are out in the countryside and I think even in Fife you know the, the terraced properties in particular are fetching huge amounts of money in the mm -hmm. East of Fife but also St Andrews I mean I had yeah. a quick look today um, on Rightmove and out of just find my numbers here 266 properties for sale in the Fife area right at this moment 
There are 75 of those are terrace properties. Four are a bit ambiguous as to what they are. I don't know whether that's just a clever um, descriptive use for the agent and maybe not wanting to put something down as a, an end terrace and maybe naming it as a just as a cottage or mm -hmm. as an end as a semi-detached which it really isn't because it's got more than one other house in yeah. the road anyway um 75 houses that are terraced and they're ranging in price believe it or not in Glenrothes you can pick up a two-bedroomed terraced property for £75,000. You've got your front door, you've got your back door, you've got a bit of garden. Go to St Andrews and a terraced property there will cost you 545000 And how many miles is that? Difference-wise, miles-wise, that's what, Ooh. about 20 miles or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit bonkers, isn't it? But, yeah, I mean, areas obviously... Uh, demand and supply and, and what's going on in the area, I think we've identified that. So whether that's industry, whether that's universities, schooling, etc., whether you've got an international community, which there's a lot of in St Andrews, isn't there? So areas do kind of pressure to it. But the interesting point and the purpose of what we're discussing today is that's a third of the available properties that are on the market that yeah. you looked at that are terraced. So, you know, they're absolutely, it does endorse what we're saying about the, the kind of demand. Um, and Terrace House fell out of favour with the upper middle classes in the late Victorian ages, actually, um, 1870s onwards, as they wanted more privacy and space. Um, they moved to live in detached houses or semi-detached villas. Um, the Terrace House had started to become associated with the lower middle classes um, and working classes. But again, that just really is endorsed by what we said. They were originally built for those people anyway. Um, and then you get a mix, don't you, of, of differences coming into play. Um, but with all these terrace houses being built, the quality of construction and design dropped as builders tried to, to kind of squeeze more profit. Um, the bigger issue was most of the terrace houses built in the early mid-Victorian ages were made back to back with no rear garden. So you get quite a lot of that, especially when you go to kind of the tenements in Edinburgh and Glasgow. You see that quite often, don't you, Andrea? Yeah, I mean, I think that my image of these big terraced rows of houses like at the start of Coronation Street. Yeah. Um, not that I really watch Coronation Street, but I do <laughs> um, know what their, their sequence of uh, <laughs> of it is. And then you've got the cat lying on the, the top of the wall just watching the day go by. Um, Billy Elliot, another film that really featured terraced houses mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the little lane that goes up the back between them. Mm -hmm. um, it's a sort of a service lane but lots of people have got different things that they call those and be really happy to see people's comments um as to what if they've got a lane at the back of their house what do they call it um you know it's sort of uh what, what what would you know that as perry i would have said it was like a well just a lane i usually when we were little we had one at the back of our property when i was a child growing up and we used to call it the laney we'll meet you at the laney, laney. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and so it's always and my brain has always kind of been associated with that, I must admit. Um, but yeah, yeah, everyone has other names that are being given to them, um, the, like an alleyway, a jitty, mm -hmm. a cut, a ginnel, mm -hmm. <laughs> snicket, passageway, a 10 foot or a 5 foot. <laughs> I suppose yeah, if you were more affluent, you had a 10 foot rather than a 5 foot. <laughs> um, yeah, venal, venal. Um, I would associate more with uh, between shops rather than uh, actual 
residential houses but yeah uh, yeah please put it in the comments um what you call the the alleyway behind rows of terraced houses yeah but i think with the as you said you know when we're talking about the rear gardens and um the fact that they were back to back and didn't have them a lot of these tenants uh, tenanted houses they were kind of seen as a bit unsanitary as well weren't they because you that's know, right because they didn't have toilets <laughs> so they were seen as kind of unsanitary conditions to to live in as well and Actually, when the Public Health Act of 1875 was introduced um, to regulate the buildings of terrace houses and the design and the standards, um, it made a bit of a change to that and what was required for it to give people a better quality of life um, and make some additions to that, which actually takes up more space, doesn't it? Which builders tend to not want to do. <laughs> it does, yeah. I mean, the outside toilet, when, you know, when they came in because of that act, yes, it helped people uh, with the sanitary conditions around them, but... You then got to the stage later on where people had to bring that outside toilet inside. Mm -hmm. So it was trying to squeeze the room. I mean, and often there wasn't a lot of room. You maybe had your living room with a, a kitchen at one end. And then upstairs, you had your uh, two bedrooms. So where to put in a toilet and a, a bath was very, very difficult. Because people used to still go down to the local wash house, mm -hmm. you know, the public baths. Mm -hmm. Oh, certainly. Uh, back they, didn't, they didn't have bathrooms in their houses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, again, what was was great about the change in the Act as well is that the new building standards in that Act improved um, the terrace houses' ventilation. Um, but it, most importantly, as you said, it required them to have houses, to have toilets. Um, no, frequently they were built outside. Um, but to meet these new building standards, the designs of these new houses created a well-known landscape of grid streets lined with two stories. Um, of terrace houses, which were serviced by pedestrian paths, as you said earlier on, between them. Um, in the name, as you say, it's always debated. There's various ones there that we can kind of call them. You, you've read them out. But I think my mum used to call it a jitty. I always just called it a laney. Um, but as a Fife resident, why not say what you call them, as we said in the comments? Tell us what you think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what, what did you call your outside toilet? <laughs> the clutchy. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, you don't have to do that now. But actually, you, you do still see that if you go along the East Coast um, in some of the little East Nook villages, you see the outbuildings that some people have converted into other things, but some people are actually converting them back to an outside. Because now everyone's wanting to live in their gardens as well, aren't they? So if you've got outside space, people are kind of doing that as a, an, an add-on again. Yeah, it's so handy because if you're out in the garden, it means you don't have to take off muddy Wellingtons to go into the house. Mm -hmm. to go and use the toilet to then have to come back out and yeah maybe that's going to be the next big thing absolutely absolutely the, the, the recreation of outdoor toilets <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah oh, definitely yeah. so do you want to kind of talk about the yeah. changes as we kind of came into the 20th century and what that I like? do so as we entered the 20th century uh, the terraced house continued to be popular albeit with some new architectural additions so the advent of arts and crafts architecture gave us stained glass windows, Tudor style cladding, ornate porches and elaborate chimneys. Uh, after the First World War and the introduction of the Housing and Town Planning Act in 1919, the Victorian terrace rapidly became associated with overcrowding and slums, especially the back-to-back -back ones, as you mentioned before, Perry. Many of the back-to-back -back terraced houses were knocked down between 1930 and 1960, 
and what is known as the slum clearances. So private builders started building the iconic suburban semi-detached houses with more extensive gardens and local authorities decided to build high-rise blocks after World War II. Yet, after the partial collapse of Ronan Point in 1968, the popularity of high-rise tower blocks waned. Uh, I mean, it's very sad to say there are still high-rise tower blocks out there. We know what problems yeah. um, people have had with those very recently. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know why developers still get to build them. I, there's, you know, obviously it's more bang for their buck, isn't it? They can get more people, Absolutely. more property into a smaller mm -hmm. footprint of an area. Um, I don't know. It's, all the, it's the multipliers, isn't it? And as you say, it's like you're living on top of living, on top of living and so forth. Um, I remember when I was growing up and uh, in the Broom area, you used to have them. Um, I had an aunt that lived up there and we used to call them the black blocks because they used to have, there was, I think there was three of them. If anybody's watching and you want to correct me, then please do. But it was up where Kasan and that used to be, where the original buildings were. There was like these three black blocks um, of flats. I think they were only maybe about eight or nine, ten stories high. They, you know, they weren't like high rise, high rise, but they were there. Um, and actually, that whole landscape looks quite differently now because they've taken those away and they put rows of terraced houses in them. Um, mm -hmm. but they have back gardens. They're not back, back ones, obviously. And, you know, they've got the back gardens, they've got the front gardens, and they're really nice properties. And it's, it did improve the area as well. Um, but actually, when you look at it the, the way that they did it, they probably housed the same amount of people on the same amount of land, but they've given them a better quality of living with a better property. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the life for children in high-rise, I mean, it must have been awful, you know, mm -hmm not having to have your own garden to play in. And of course, a very famous uh, song about high-rise living, the Julie Peace song. I don't know if you learned that when you were at school. Oh, I don't think so. No, skyscraping Wayne and I live on the 19th floor and I'm no going out to play anymore. <laughs> and it's all about his <laughs> mum throwing him out a jam sandwich out the top window. <laughs> yeah, when he was playing. No, nothing, nothing like that anymore. But Billy no. Connolly did a version of it. Anyway, <laughs> we are digressing. So since the early 1900s, though, terraced houses steadily come back into favour as building land prices have increased by 322% in the last 30 years. So many private builders have started to build modern three-storey townhouses mm -hmm. in rows of five to seven. This terraced townhouse style allows three and four bedroom properties on a land footprint that would have usually only accommodated a smaller two bedroom property. So, Perry, would you like to go over some of the, the statistics there uh, on the five yeah. terraced houses? Absolutely. I mean, before I do that, we see it everywhere, don't we? You know, there's a new there's new building taking place in Markinge. There's new building taking place near Balgoni. There's um, in the area of Kirkcaldy, just as you go into it from the leaving end, there's new bills mm -hmm. there. And you do see that there's quite a few terraces. And I know we did a show a couple of weeks ago about um, affordable housing and, you know, the council tenant and how your council house is not being built. And actually, you see that with even the affordable elements that you had mentioned previously, Andrea, mm -hmm. where, you know, yes, there's semi-detached and detached properties, but what you're seeing is like rows of terraces that are the, the kind of affordable end of it. Um, that builders are kind of adding to it. And it's because of that increase in the numbers, isn't it? But actually what it is providing is good quality property for people as well. Mm -hmm. um, but in regards to five terrace houses, there are 38,674 terrace houses in five. Um, and that's broken down into kind of two, three elements. So it's broken down to 24 
1,800 are privately owned, um, with only 10,000 being council houses, and 3,800 of those are also in the private rented sector. So it's really popular in the private rented sector as well. I mean, a seventh of them are sitting in the private sector. So mm -hmm. again, the reason for that is that it's good quality housing for families, isn't it? And they can have two or three bedrooms, which is really what a family needs, an affordable rent that gives them lovely property and great location and gives them, in all most cases, front and rear garden, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. But also, you know, those people are renting the properties the people that are owning them, the landlords, um, it gives them a really good income. Um, it's a good price to buy at. They get high yield, uh, you know, good return on their property um, for renting. And generally, the, the people that rent them tend to stay in them for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, so it's certainly it's a good buy for uh, investors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when we talk about that, 24.4% of terrace houses in Fife are in the private rented sector, which is quite a bit above the national average at 19.1%. Um, and I think that we've hit the nail on the head, you know, that certainly our experience in this area, which is what we can talk about, um, is that what we see is that the landlords here do really look after the properties. Um, you know, Jim talks about it quite frequently, doesn't he, in regards to mm -hmm. his investments and how he maintains the property to make it the best that it can be. Because it benefits not just the landlord, but it benefits the tenant as well. You know, the, the landlord wants to have a long-term tenant who's happy, um, who's reliable, who is living in a comfortable home. Um, the tenant wants a great landlord who doesn't want to keep changing the tenancy and, you know, making them leave or short-term. or you know, So they, they gain for the fact that they are not having to move consistently. Um, and also, actually, they benefit from having a really nice home that's been well-maintained, that the landlord's looking after on a day-to-day on -day basis um, and getting that support. So what you tend to find is that really both camps benefit from that, don't they? No, that's correct. Um, so, I mean, what are the advantages and disadvantages of uh, terraced houses? Um, we look at it from a, a sale point of view, somebody looking to buy a property. Um, the first thing that springs to mind for me is obviously cost somebody getting a foot on the ladder first and you know first property um you're talking around about seventy five thousand pounds it depends obviously in the area that you're looking for but mm -hmm. a terrace property is going to cost slightly less than a, a semi-detached slightly mm -hmm. more than a, a flat um so it's quite a good starting ground it is, and I think it's, for first-time buyers, it's great. It's for you know younger families that maybe don't need that space. You know, they're maybe just on child number one, for instance. Say so, you know, you can maybe as a couple. Billy and I did that. You know, we moved to a terrace to start with as a couple, but it was able to accommodate when our babies came along. So you know, it's not that small that you can't cope with additional people being in there and you've got the space to do that but you're not feeling the squeeze where you have to move quickly so you know I could, the terrace house could grow with a family as they were growing to a certain extent couldn't they which I think was always a massive big plus. Yeah I think a lot of people used to think all oh, right well my first property needs to be a flat but then you're maybe thinking a couple of years down the line you're now into a relationship you've maybe got a baby on the way and you say oh I need to move I need to move whereas if you've done that move straight away to to a, you know a house then it, it puts off it, may, it will save you money in the long run 
-hmm. because you're not having the, the move removal expenses and all the conveyancing and everything that you would have if you had to move every couple of years. Yeah. So I would say it's quite a it's a longer term um, option for as a first time buyer to just go straight towards the house. Mm -hmm. it, um, it can, can be a great solution, doesn't it? I guess it depends on where you are in that first time buying dis, uh, chain, isn't it? In regards to whether you're one person or a couple or looking for families, but it's a great starting point. And it's, it's the step ladders of going to the next things as your family grow, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's also good for people downsizing as well. You know, people that have gone from a larger property and, and looking to, to downsize. So there are a lot of terraced cottages available that gives them, you know, living all, all on one level. It mm -hmm. still gives them that little bit of a garden um, that they can look after. So, you know, it's it's not straight to the nursing home. There is an option. <laughs> And actually, they're great for downsizers as well, to be honest. So you could kind of hit them at both ends of the market. You could hit it as kind of starting out and you could hit it as downsizing yeah. as well. Um, you know, certainly the way the property is at the moment and the cost of property, you, we see that quite often, don't we, where, you know, we maybe sell the bigger property layouts bedroom wise because people are wanting to downsize or they're looking to help their family get onto that ladder and help them kind of purchase. So mm -hmm. there's various reasons why the terrace can work at the starting and ending. Can't yeah, it? yeah. Go for a start terrace and an end terrace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's that as well, right now. Um, oh, the, the, well, like the terrace house in Fife sells for an average of 161 pounds per square foot. Mm. That's quite impressive when you think about it like that. So, a wee bit thought provoking. Don't know what your yep. thoughts are on that. Yeah, because well, I mean, some of the new new build terraced houses they probably can't even build them for that at the moment. So, mm. um. Yeah, if you can get get a terraced house, it's certainly a, a good investment. So even if you do decide to uh, up upgrade your property uh, and go for a bigger version of it, a detached mm -hmm. house or a semi-detached house, it's probably worth speaking to somebody about hanging on to that other property as an investment. Um, and there's plenty of people at Five Properties that can give advice on on doing that and actually sort of becoming an investor of property as well um, mm. my daughter's just bought a property in Perth and it's a terraced property beautiful old old building and she's in a mm. sort of a it looks like a basement at the front but she's got the massive garden private garden all to herself at the back um, and that's something that she will consider doing when she does decide to because it's just a one bedroom at the moment but there's so many other people out there that would want to rent that mm -hmm. um it, it's it's worth worth doing that in the long run when she decides to move up to a bigger property yeah um other advantages i was thinking about of being in terraced a terraced property is more of a sense of community mm -hmm. as well you know it's everybody yes you might be living and you can just sort of put your head out the window and say hello to your neighbour and you can practically touch each other. But, you know, I think some new schemes don't have that same sense of community mm -hmm. as the terraced houses used to. Did you think that, Penny? Yeah, I, I would agree with that to, to an extent, to be honest with you. I think when you go into new build estates, but I think that's... You, you kind of lose that neighbourly thing, don't you? And um, with new build estates as well, you tend to have people coming from all over areas into it, don't you? Rather than um, terraced areas, you used to see historically 
they went on for generations and we see that sometimes mm. actually when you know when we get people who want to sell their terraces and townhouses with us we'll say well you know one of our questions is you know obviously how long that they've owned the property when did they purchase the property because we're trying to build that picture of the property and changes etc and it's not uncommon for us to see people say oh it's been in the family for 60 years 100 years you know and and it tends to pass from family to family and everybody knows all the generations of the families in the areas um, and there's something quite nice about that, isn't there, to have that kind of known feeling about a house and area and familiarity to it. Yeah, I remember, like, it wasn't, I suppose it was a terrace that my, my mother grew up in, was born and grew up in. It was a tenement, but it's still a terrace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she used to know all the neighbours all the way down the street, Mrs. This, Mrs. That, and the next person, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody's names and what they did and, you know, mm -hmm. I don't even know what the surname of my next door neighbour is because <laughs> yeah, this it doesn't it just doesn't happen like that anymore. And I, I hope that when you know house builders are building these new terraces, that people will have a stronger sense of community because they're living slightly mm -hmm. closer together. Uh, it would be nice. It'd be nice to get back to some of the older values again. I think sometimes people are just too busy with their own lives; they don't really think about other people very much um and the terraced houses certainly had that community spirit you used did, to see it with all the jubilee celebrations everybody out decorating their houses the street yeah. parties yeah having said that though i think that there has been a bit of a, a shift in that since covid hasn't there because i certainly know where we were that people were connecting much more with their neighbors and their neighborhood um, because suddenly there was a sense of we're all in this together, so actually we need to look mm -hmm. out for one another. So you have seen a bit of a shift in that, which I think is for the better. But it's interesting you say about um, you used to know all the neighbours' names, and you were saying about not knowing your neighbour's surname. But actually, when I was growing up, I never used to know my neighbours' first names. It was always Mrs Clark, Mrs Hogg, Mrs Fleming, Mrs Brown. Yeah. You always knew who they were in regards to... And even now, my lifelong friend, her mum, Mrs Clark, I still call her Missy C. And when I meet her, I still yeah. call her that. Even though I do know, obviously, her first name is, she'll say to me, oh, please just call me Marion. But I'm like, oh, no, no, it just, it just it doesn't feel right. because it's a courtesy thing, thing, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit, yeah. It's it's an interesting thing. But, yeah, I mean, you're right about the community piece. And I used to love that and, and where we were living and growing up because I used to, you know, be going up down to Mrs. Brown and see if she's got any sugar, going up across to Mrs. Fleming and see if she's got this. And there was an element of that. And you're right, there was a piece of that that's been lost. But I think that's starting to come back a bit over the last couple of years, which I think is a, is a good thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, so. why is the terrace house, be it a red brick Victorian house or a more modern three-storey townhouse, still popular today in Fife? Um why do you think that? I, I think affordability has got a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know really. The, the house builders, obviously, if they're building them, if they're providing them, then people are going to buy them. Mm -hmm. um, the social housing aspects of contemporary uh, developments, they're always going to build um, what what makes it more economical for them so the yeah. terraced house is going to be what they build for for the social housing aspect yeah i agree i mean they're typically well built as well aren't they 
They um, are, yeah. And also, you know, nowadays they're a lot more energy efficient as well. Mm -hmm. um, that was one of the other advantages of terraced houses is that they they are easier to, to heat. Mm -hmm. Even the older ones, I, mm -hmm. was, I don't know whether it's because they had more internal walls shared, mm -hmm. so the heat was transferred. Mm -hmm. The only disadvantage I could see with that is if everybody kept their heating off, thinking, oh, we'll get my neighbours heating. <laughs> Everyone's going to be freezing. <laughs> Nobody would get any heat at all. Exactly. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, they are, they are typically better built. Um, they're cheaper to maintain, especially the older terraced houses. They're cheaper to maintain. Um, they're comparatively spacious. So, you know, we've spoken about that mm -hmm. as well. You tend to get, whilst it is a terrace, you do tend to get quite a lot of house and floor space. Um and also they're generally in good locations, aren't they? When we talk about the East Nuke and along the coast and Fife, yeah. the fishing villages, you know, they're in great locations. Um, but many terrace houses have been improved and extended throughout the years with investment. Um, you know, we go to them and that one we had on not that long ago and it had the glass atrium and things like that. Yeah. You know, people have really gone to town on these houses yeah. um, in some of the, the East Nuke areas and, and have made them quite spectacular and quite beautiful and improved the, the living areas, whether that go out sideways or up, you know, we're, we're yeah. seeing quite a bit I've of that. Some amazing um, conversions, attic conversions, especially in the East Nuke. These mm -hmm. uh, little cottages, the, the terrace cottages that the fishermen had. Mm -hmm. They had huge net lofts. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so many people have taken advantage of that and, you know, expanded the the accommodation in their properties by mm -hmm. more than 50%. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's absolutely amazing. As you say, they're putting out balconies and taking advantage of the sea views that are down there. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Really so, I mean, they extend it through innovative ways as well, though. You know, they're using rear gardens and yards. As you say, they're using net lofts. Mm -hmm. um, they're converting roof spaces and making glass terraces and extending out that way. Um, but I think they're quite unpretentious in their design as well. So there's something quite nice and quirky about them. And, you know, we talked about all the multicoloured rows and things. There's something quite endearing about that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice that people can take a pride in their area as well, enough to, to make their property stand out amongst, mm -hmm. you know, the whole street stand out. Mm -hmm. There is something about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. obviously, a lot of these areas are conservation areas like Kuros and, <laughs> um, you know, the, the little place that's just outside, Dysart, mm -hmm. is it? it's just outside Kirkcaldy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's conservation areas there. But, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the buildings are beautiful. And one of the things that a lot of people might not know, um, it has been mentioned on one of the shows before, the red pantiles uh, that are so common in the Fife area and on a, quite a lot of the older terraced properties actually came over from the Netherlands when uh, coal was taken over to the the continent, they had to put ballast on the ships to, to come back. Mm -hmm. So the what they put in as ballast was the red pantiles. So and that's why there's so many of them in Fife. It was uh, because all the coal going out and something else had to come back in. Oh yeah, so well, there you go. A little yeah. bit of history well, lesson as well. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. you're right though. I mean I think that unpretentious design kind of remains adaptable enough even in the 21st century living don't they and we see that as we said in the examples of some of the changes and improvements that people have made to their homes um but so what is there not to like about them the fact no, that I think it's a big thumbs up for the terraced property mm -hmm. can you think of any disadvantages at all uh 
of living in a terraced property. I think the only disadvantage, I guess, is that actually, you know, while we talk about inventive ways to use the space, sometimes that could also be a limiter, can't it? Depending on where it is, you know, you may not have that opportunity. You certainly, if you're in the middle of the terrace and not at the end, there's not really anywhere for you to go either side. So you, your only way is up or out, isn't it, at the back? Yeah. So, you know, there can be some limiters with that. Um, and actually, some of them are listed buildings now as well, you know, and they're in conservation areas. So you might have limiters yeah. there too. So, you know, you certainly if you're looking to explore the terrace living, um, you need to do a bit of your homework and certainly get, get in touch with an agent who knows the area as well that can kind of give you guidance on that and whether it's a listed building or, or you know, has certain conservation restrictions on it. So definitely there can be limiters from that angle. But actually, I think more often than not, they're, they're certainly positive spaces and places to live, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think privacy um, is an issue or lack of privacy? Um, or do you think people that buy terraced houses are really not that bothered about whether somebody's... Know. Yeah, I, for me, it wouldn't come into play. I don't, I don't think it does. Um, you know, there's so many inventive ways where you can make your garden area private anyway, isn't there? Mm -hmm. And actually with a terraced house, what you tend to find is there's no one looking in over you at the back, isn't it? You're kind of side by side living. So if you're fortunate yeah. enough to be side by side living without an overlook at the back, that yeah. could be a huge benefit, can't it? Yeah, I mean, I think um, noise might have been an issue, um, you know, noise disturbance. But um, <coughs> I did do a little bit of reading up on that and, you know, various forums and things. And generally, people didn't find living in terraced properties to be particularly noisy. Um, the older properties have got pretty thick stone walls mm -hmm. in between each property. And the more modern ones are very, very well um built so that they have built-in noise insulation mm -hmm. um so that didn't seem to be too much of a problem mm -hmm. um i think most noise disturbance in a property will be in a flat rather yeah. than in a terrace house yeah. um okay. parking might be an issue if you've not got any front garden space um, but then again, it's not always a deal breaker because there's generally parking fairly nearby to mm -hmm. most properties. Mm -hmm. um, so with 200 and how many did I say? 266 terrace properties on the market after today's programme, I expect to see that to go down to about zero. <laughs> <laughs> or increase because everyone's selling them, the demand is so high that anybody want to buy one. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any other last thoughts, Perry, at all about anything you might um, want to, to say? About yeah, I think for us, we live in a fortunate um, location where we see so many beautiful ones that have been improved throughout the years and, and decades, don't we? Um, I think that they're affordable housing with great space, great locations. They're a great family starter. They're a great end of life kind of area of being for downsizing as well. So for me, I think the one thing that we've kind of really shared with everyone today is just how versatile they are and how much of a good living and lifestyle you can have in them would be my final thoughts, really. Yeah, oh, that, that's, that's a very good one. It is a lifestyle living, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Being a terrace property owner. Um, there's some people will always go for a terrace property. Um, I'd just like to say before we finish here, if anybody um, 
has got any other comments on it, please put them into the, the comments uh, bar and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. If anybody's got a property that they would like to get a valuation on, uh, just head over to our website at www.fiveproperties.co.uk and hit the instant valuation tool. Um, and, and I think that's about it for today. Thank you very yes. much for joining me, Perry. Um, I'm a bit like yeah. the loose women of Fife today. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, have a lovely evening today, everyone. Take care. Yeah. Okay, thank you very thank much you and goodbye Bye. just now.